Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to it. The time now at six minutes after eight on this beautiful Friday evening, wherever you find yourself. We do hope that you are doing absolutely fantastic, inshallah ta'ala. Big shout out to Mr. or Miss Sadia Arnold, all the way from Strand, giving us a heads up there to 6896, engaging with us, uh, they say. And now that lawyer claims that George Floyd died of using drugs and all natural causes, even though the whole world saw what really happened and this person is of course commenting on the George Floyd murder trial which is currently underway with Mr. Derek Chauvin there facing three different charges including murder and manslaughter and that was actually something very interesting I um, okay no my beautiful colleague here is, is rushing me on she's like no don't get into it. Don't get into it. <laughs> but of course, the reason she's rushing me, my beloved, is because we want to get into our next topic of discussion. And a little bit earlier on in the show, we had been asking you the question, as a Muslim, what is your take on music? And before we get into the comments that we got or the responses that we got on social media, inshallah ta'ala, and your responses can start coming in, of course, on 0829-913-913 on the WhatsApp. We want to explain to you what kind of sparked this. So a little bit early on in the week, I think it was on Tuesday, and you can, I was shook. Is the word us youngsters use uh, after we saw that Nike, uh, the brand of shoes, had um, lambasted and condemned one of the artists. He kind of like used the brand, yes, and he made a specific type of shoe. Sister, tell us about the shoe, please. Yes, so the rapper that Toyra is referencing is Little Nas X. So we know him as, or I know him as, the singer that did Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, so yes, a United States federal judge ruled in favor of Nike um, because Little Nas, in conjunction with a company called Mischief, um, they had used the Nike Air Max 97 sneakers and they've customized 660 66 pairs of those shoes and apparently um, Tahira they added a human drop of blood in the midsoles and they printed a biblical verse Luke 10 18 which references Satan's fall from heaven mm. and we know that these these custom shoes were sold for $1,018 each making a reference to that verse that I just mentioned so mm. obviously Nike came out and was like whoa I mean, these shoes are now being deemed or dubbed rather the Satan shoes. Mm. And we know that Lil Nas, in collaboration with Mischief, had created um, or modified these Nikes to sort of promote his uh, most recent song called um, Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen the music video, but mm. the uh, the themes and the tones of that music video is very devilish. Very devilish. And of course, we saw also that uh, the post that the artist had gotten a lot of support on social media uh, regarding his quote-unquote artistry mm-hmm. that had come through in it and part of it was the way that religion demonizes anything any part rather of the lgbtiq community plus 
plus community, yes. So mm-hmm. he was kind of taking ownership of this mm-hmm. and he was saying, you know what, if you're going to send us to hell, we are going to go there and we are going to own it. Mm-hmm. And of course, the music itself is what we wanted to find out in terms of our Islamic perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and music videos in general have deteriorated in the quality and, you know, when, when you turn on the TV, it's just what you see is just, it's, it shakes born, you. So it's actually, literally, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not even that soft my sister it's mm-hmm. like outright blatant you know yeah because i remember when i was i think in grade two my mother actually banned me and my brother from watching mtv because mm. she said no one's watching soft porn in my house mm. so i got such a culture shock when i turned on the tv more recently i think it was last year and i saw literal naked genitals in this music video and i was like how, how far how have we this? come mm. like i wasn't allowed to see someone's midriff but now we are seeing you know complete chest being exposed so it mm. is something to think about and that is exactly Exactly why we feel like tonight we ask you as a Muslim, what is your take on music? Because we know there are many different branches and avenues that mm. come with listening to the music. Absolutely. And it's not just as simple as the music. But yes, heading on to the commentary that we got, inshallah ta'ala. And do remember, 0829913913, we do welcome your engagement, inshallah. Uh, Mr. Herdin said that some Muslims believe that only vocal music is permissible or halal, and that instruments are forbidden, as in haram. Yet some Muslims believe that any instrument is lawful as long as it is used for the permissible kind of music. Hence, there is a long tradition of instrumental accompaniment to devotional songs. Then another brother of ours says that uh, Mr. Kamaldin says it distracts you from reality, indoctrinates and influences you, believing in a fake world and expecting the same in reality. It influences people's emotions and thoughts. I believe music Music is haram for the above reasons and also believe there's better things to listen to. Even some so-called Muslim radio stations play music glorifying Allah. It doesn't make it right. There is clear hadiths mentioning what instruments is permissible to use and when only to use them. Mm-hmm. Then we see that Mr. Samsudin says it depends on how you listen to it. Like I listen to all types of music, depends on my mindset or what I'm doing, but that's at the moment music doesn't influence my daily life Mm. and then we also see Hussein says in his opinion music is not haram if it intoxicates your mind either by causing you to do harm to yourself or others um, sexually frustrates you or just vulgarity then it is haram but we are born with music the first song we hear is Lab Dab the heartbeat of our mothers in which is a soothing comfort and connection between the mother and baby I didn't Mm. even think about it that way that's so beautiful mashallah and then uh, 6-9 6896 rather uh, made a comment and mentioned that the sneakers by Lil Nas had apparently sold out in the first hour uh, which by the way uh, let me just point out the again you know the amount of support that this artist is getting you know it's quite indicative of perhaps how far gone we are as a society you know if something of that nature is so willingly accepted and then religion literally gets thrown into the back seat uh, but 86896 uh, also says music in Islam some would say no we shouldn't be listening to music and some would agree but remember that we have the coons and the malay choirs mm. hmm. and then 2981 also says music is haram uh, there's no way to bend it to suit our likes just want to make reference to the message that you were saying Taira, about the um you know like i feel like 
we've moved so far and so quickly because if I think about um, Lady Gaga and the type of music that she made and if I think specifically about one of her music videos, Alejandro, I mean, she was lambasted, if you want to use the word. She was bashed mm. completely. They called her the devil. They called her Satan. And that was 2010. Over the span of 10 years, it's taken us, it's such a quick period where we, we stopped sort of demonizing these people and now we are glorifying them and it freaks me out because I'm so worried about our nieces, our nephews, our children's. I mean, our children's. Yeah, how... You know the future, what it what it's going to be like for them, and how difficult it is going to be for them to, you know, mm. be able to hold on to that rope of faith and that rope of Allah. So may Allah make Absolutely. it easy for us, inshallah. I mean, inshallah, and all of us, you know, mm-hmm. and even us that are aspiring parents, even us that are currently parents, yeah. it is something that our community, inshallah, and Anika and I, we will hopefully be hosting numerous conversations about this. We need to be realistic about this. Mm-hmm. This is something that we need to tackle head on. Our children and our fellow colleagues and people our age, the youth in other words, you know, we are faced with this on on a regular basis. And if we are not guided, if we are not given the proper, you know, support in order to deal with it effectively, who knows how Mm. it will influence us. But yes, before Anika and I got (laughs) carried away, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Anonymous says, um, I like music. I know it's haram. Music also has a way of taking you back. I once heard a lecture of how we associate songs to memory. And sometimes those memories aren't always halal. Mm-hmm. Habi says one day, inshallah, we will get music out of us and be so into Islam. And I'm like, but I ain't ready. <laughs> I don't feel like I want to give up music yet. And he says, make dua. And then uh, uh, Mr. Adib says, hectic, grey topic. Mm-hmm. Sounds will always apply to the ear. So music will always play a role in people's lives. However, if you play Siara past the mosque in Taronga Road, you will be judged by some. The so night- specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 99 names of Allah, which comes on another radio as an advert, which I've been hearing since I was a child. So I grew up with that tone in my head. If that is played uh, in close to God and sent aside, you'll also be judged. So mm-hmm. I guess listen to your own good music or tunes that applies to your ear in a positive note and not that new stuff that's happening with Nike with blood in the shoes and hootus, says he. <laughs> uh, also, Mr. Webb says music. We have to establish what is music. My understanding is that music is any rhythmic sounds, birds chirping, someone humming, literally anything can become music. So how can quote-unquote music be haram? However, modern-day music, such as hip-hop, heavy metal, etc., a lot of these genres has haram messages and could be very distracting and persuasive in a negative sense. So I feel that it depends on what type of music you listen to. Absolutely. But I think that, yes, many people have agreed that it is a great topic. I've seen a comment on my social media pages saying that um, the sister believes that the Quran and music cannot live in the same heart. Mm. And um, I think that is something to take into consideration because she's saying, you know, you have to think about nasheeds. Can this be played in a masjid? I think that is something that a lot of people have taken into consideration. But before we delve into too much, we do know that Sheikh Fahruddin Uwaisi will be online with us as well as Sheikh Zaid Fatad, and they will be giving us the consensus as Shuyuk because like Tahira and I, we are not experts and we are just doing our best to make you aware of the issues at hand. Definitely, inshallah. And with that note, let's take a quick ad break. And when we get back, we'll continue the conversation. It's Real Talk. This is Real Talk. On 91.3 FM. As 
Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You are still listening to Real Talk on the Voice of the Cape Radio. And online with us, we have Sheikh Zaid Fatad, who will be giving us the, I think, the pros or the cons of listening to music. Because our conversation tonight is, as a Muslim, what is your take on music as a Muslim? Um, we do know that it is sort of a gray area topic. So we needed a Sheikh to give us the advice that we need. So Assalamualaikum, Sheikh Zaid Fatad. And shukran so much for joining us. Alhamdulillah, you are speaking with Sister Aniko. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and we are also Sheikh Jazakallah for joining us. Alhamdulillah, So Sheikh, what difference does the Quran and Sunnah make to music and instruments? Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. First and foremost, to all the listeners of Voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. When we look at our deen, we understand that our deen is a deen that is, um, it accommodates so many things. It basically also, you know, understands culture, it understands tradition, it understands many things, but our deen, of course, is the filter of what the human being find themselves doing on their day-to-day uh, duties and whatever they do. So... With that in mind, again, is that our deen speaks on different levels and speaks about different things. And Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi mentions a hadith: "Al-halal ubain wal-haram ubain wabainahuwa mushtabihat." That halal is very clear, haram is very clear, and between those areas, there are certain things that are grey that are not necessarily clear but open to interpretation. Mm. But then the Nabi says, So ever can prevent themselves from falling into those gray areas, those areas that has, does not have an absolute interpretation, then the person is protecting their deen and they are protecting their dignity. Now when we come to the issue of music, we find that in the Arabic language there's many different words that are used in order to describe what we uh, contemporarily know as music, you have the word al-ghina, uh, which can literally translate into songs, and music meaning musiqa. And the ikhtilaf between the two is based upon a hadith that at times can be open to interpretation, but the ayah that we are speaking specifically about, definitely, it's not absolutely clear whether it is halal or haram, but again, we look at the Quran and we understand it through the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa alaihi wasallam. So we find that many ulama, like like Imam al-Qurtubi, like Abu Tayyib al-Tabari, Ibn Salah, Ibn al-Qayyim, Ibn Rajul Hanbali, Ibn Hajjul Haytami, and many other ulama that are considered that music in its entirety is haram. So we're talking about the musical instruments. We're talking about the different things that people use, maybe the flute, maybe the guitar. All of these different musical instruments is considered as haram based upon uh, the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْتَرِي لَهُ الْحَدِيثِ You find that there are people that will buy certain things or purchase certain things of lahu. Uh, and we're going to get to the meaning now. Lahu, but what is, what is the whole objective of them purchasing these things? that it will cause them to go astray. So the main and focus and the objective of these particular things that are being purchased is to take the person away from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning mm-hmm. that it takes him away or her away from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, leading them to the disobedience. Now the word lahu, the ulama had debated, what does lahu mean that Allah is speaking about that we purchase in here? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, of course we know who is Ibn Abbas, 
Habr al-Ummah, the ink of the Ummah, the Rabbi made so many du'as for him. And, uh, and he was known as Habr al-Ummah in the sense of that he truly had deep understandings of many things. And he could understand things at a very young age. And uh, I mean, when we think about the ulama of Sahaba, he is on the top of the ulama of Sahaba, So he understood that the word lahu means music. But lahu actually means entertainment. Right? Mm. So we're talking about something that entertains an individual to a degree that causes him to fall off the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It causes him to be influenced, to do haram and what so and so on like that. So he looked at it immediately as musiqa. And of course, he had been uh, based his understanding upon many hadith. Of those hadith that the ulama had quoted is the hadith of the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. When the Nabi mentions about a time where there will be with people, Nashrabanna qawman nas min ummati al-khamr, yusammunaha bighayr ismaha, yu'azafu ala ruhusin bil ma'azi. So Nabi says in the hadith that is mentioned by Ibn Majah, that Abi Malik al-Ash'ali writes, he says that the Nabi said, there will come a time where people will drink khamr, uh, and they will call it something else. They will, won't necessarily term it as khamr, but in its essence, what it's made out of, and the intoxication that happens with it, it will be khamr. But they will call it by a different name. And the Nabi mm-hmm. also says, وَيُعْزَفُ عَلَىٰ رُؤُوسِينَ بِالْمَعَازِبِ And there will be instruments that will be used, that will be upon their heads, meaning that they are going to use the instruments to further intoxicate themselves, further, you know, how can I say people use this word trance? Mm-hmm. And we know that music can cause a person to go in a trance. You, 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 you're not conscious necessarily. Depends on, of course, the type of music that a person learns to. Mm-hmm. And many other hadith with the Nabi as well speaks about this, the ma'azid, the instruments that is used, and so forth. On the other hand, and, and of course tonight, I'm not going to give a complete fatwa, because as you mentioned, this is a debated issue. But mm-hmm. I felt that it's important to give both sides of the story. And at the end of the day, we are all mukallaf ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us accountable for what we decide and what we choose to do. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, some of the ulama had looked at these particular ayat in a manner that it's open to interpretation. Because when you look at the word lahu, we understand it to be entertainment. So for that, anything then that is entertaining, that can cause a person to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that can be considered as haram. But is it necessarily music itself? Might not be. There's a possibility that I can merely just listen to words that a person is reciting in poetry without any musical instruments, and it can still cause me to, you know, go astray or find myself in haram and so forth. So if they looked at the eye that was used, that it's not direct. You know, mm-hmm. it's not an absolute interpretation that we can extract. And they based also the understanding of looking at music as something that is permissible, depending on what is the objective of that music, is where the name Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this hadith is mentioned by Bukhari and Muslim, that uh, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha says, Dakhal alayya Abu Bakr, Sayyidah Bakr radiallahu entered into the uh, chambers of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, and she had two uh, of the servant girls that was singing and, and so forth, and they were not, were not necessarily singing, uh, Islamic uh, religious, um, how can I say, poetry, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was about these celebrations and so forth. And the Nabi did not stop them from doing that. In another hadith, the Nabi said, Aishra Jalana says that the Nabi asked the question, says, This is written by Imam Bukhari, Muslim, and Imam Ahmad. That the Nabi asked, What do you have of Lahu? 
Now remember, we said lahu means entertainment. entertainment. Mm-hmm. There we go. So now the Nabi is asking them, who has lahu here? And then the Nabi says, فَإِنَّ الْأَمْصَارِ يُعْجِبُهُمُ اللَّهُ The people of Medina Al-Munawwara, they love lahu. So now how do we understand the word lahu? In one case, we find it looked at, uh, يعني, frowned upon. And in the other case, according to this hadith, we find that the Nabi is saying that, look, this is something that, you know, amazes it. This is something that, you know, entertains them and so forth. And that's why we find this debate between the ulama. Mm. Some of the ulama that considered as permissible, like Ibn Hazm, one of the great uh, scholars of our deen, and also a muhadith and person of hadith, he looked at the hadith that the, um, let me say, the other uh, party had used as a hadith that's not necessarily completely sahih. But again, mm. this is a human-made science. When we look at what hadith is sahih compared to what hadith is da'if, it is based upon the conditions of the narrator himself and how does he look at hadith does he add more conditions to accept it? So it's a, it's a very subjective... Sheikh, before we go, we just but, quickly like to ask, you know, what yeah. do we know about using Allah's name alongside instruments and melodies? Well, I mean, again, it's one thing to look at it from a Shari point of view, then it's another thing to look at it from an ethical point of view. At the end of the day, our adab with each other has to be on such a daraja that there is absolute respect and absolute honor and dignity towards each other. Mm-hmm. Now, what more so with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We are a deen that encourages adab and akhlaq, and so, so more so we need to do it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than anything else. So if it is something, and I always do this to myself, I ask myself the question, if the Nabi was literally in front of me right now, will I do this? Or will I feel ashamed? Or will I feel embarrassed? How will I feel if he was standing right in front of me? And that's where your consciousness kicks in. So from a moral aspect, I wouldn't advise it, but from a shari point of view, like we said, it is a great area where the ulama had differed upon. Absolutely. Shukran so much, Sheikh Zaid Fattar, for allowing yourself to come on Aeon Real Talk this evening and just enlightening us a bit further and teaching us a new word. I never knew that lahum bint entertainment. So, <laughs> shukran so much and may Allah increase you, inshallah. And with that, we head out for a quick ad break. And when we get back, we talk Actually, to Actually, no, sister. We, we needn't go for an ad break. Oh, okay. We no. needn't. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, inshallah ta'ala, we will uh, just head on to the conversation for a slightly different perspective. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Firstly, to Sheikh Fakhruddin Uwaisi, who is joining us online. Sheikh, welcome to Real Talk. We appreciate your time, inshallah ta'ala. Walaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Shukran for the opportunity. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, right off the bat, we want to know this evening, is music permissible in Islam? Um, the answer to that is uh, simple. If it is good music, then it's permissible. If it's bad music, it's not permissible. If you want it in one line, that's the answer in one line. If you want me to explain further, I can do that. <laughs> yes, inshallah, the fatal, Sheikh. So, basically, I mean, what is music made up of, right? It's uh, poetry, uh, you know, anything that rhymes, and then it's songs, uh, to sing it with a melody, you know. And the third aspect is using instruments. That is music. A, a, a rhyming song, to, to sing it in a tune, in a nice melody, and then to use instruments in it, right? This is what makes what you call music. Mm-hmm. Now, so the first thing is uh, the rhyming sounds poetry. Poetry is absolutely permissible in Islam, and uh, the Sahaba used to write poetry. They used to read it in front of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, he liked poetry. I mean, he liked listening to it. 
So poetry is absolutely permissible in Islam. To, to, to write a song is permissible in Islam. As long as the contents of the song are fine. So uh, if the content of the song is swearing and cursing, uh, then even if it wasn't rhyming, it would be haram. Even if there would be, there were no musical instruments attached, it would still be haram. But if the content of the poem is uh, something permissible uh, or something recommended, like praising Allah and His Prophet, the Deen, or praising your mother, uh, some a song about your country, or you miss somebody you love uh, in a halal manner, uh, express your feelings, then there's nothing wrong in that. That is permissible content. Mm. So poetry is permissible in Islam. Now the second part is singing it in a melodious tune, right? Uh, now even that also is permissible. Uh, even the Quran, we are recommended to read it in a melodious tune. The, uh, Allah, the Prophet mm-hmm. said in the Hadith that "Laysa minna man bil Quran." The one who doesn't sing the Quran is not one of us. So melody is permissible in Islam. The Sahaba wouldn't only read poetry; they would sing it. And when the Prophet ﷺ would travel with his Sahaba on trips, he actually had singers. He had uh, Sahabas who used to sing uh, for the camels uh, and to entertain the travelers. Uh, but beautiful, halal things, you know, very pure, uh, nothing vulgar, nothing obscene, nothing racist and violent, just nice songs. Uh, and uh, there was one of them was a very famous person, by the way, Anjasha radiallahu anh, who used mm-hmm. to sing for the Prophet mm-hmm. And the camels actually they moved faster when he would sing for them. Mm-hmm. So singing is also permissible in Islam. Now the third part is the most contentious part: musical instruments. Mm-hmm. You, you'll find people who will sing ashids and stuff, uh, but they'll say, "But you can't use instruments." Mm-hmm. Now, with regards to musical instruments, there is a difference of opinion amongst ulama. There are three camps. Uh, there is one camp uh, which is the most extreme, which believes all musical instruments are haram. Any musical instrument at all is not allowed in Islam. Mm. Uh, that is one extreme. And uh, then you have those who say uh, some musical instruments are allowed, like the duff, the tambourine, the drum, because these were used in front of the Prophet mm-hmm. When he came to Medina, the Sahaba were singing Tala al-Badru and beating the drums the duff, you know, and uh, there were Sahaba who sang and, and used it. So the duff is allowed, but you shouldn't use other instruments like with strings, um, guitars or pianos and violins. So this is one opinion that you can use the drums and stuff, but you shouldn't use stringed instruments. The third opinion, uh, which is shared by the likes of Imam al-Ghazali, uh, Imam ibn Hazm, and a lot of the scholars as well, from the time of the Sahaba as well, is that uh, all musical instruments are haram for the simple reason that there is no evidence, uh, authentic evidence for their prohibition. Uh, if you want to declare something haram, uh, it, it either you need to either prove it from the Quran, that the Quran calls it haram, mm-hmm. or you need to provide an authentic saying of the Prophet mm-hmm. Now, the, the Quran, I mean, speaks not, doesn't speak... Uh, at all about music, it does not prohibit uh, any musical instruments at all. It doesn't mention them. The Quran mentions wine, the, the Quran mentions gambling, the Quran mentions pork, the Quran mentions animals you shouldn't eat, but it does, it does, not, uh, it does not mention anything about musical instruments, even though musical instruments existed at that time. Mm. But it doesn't. 
Yes. So the Quran is silent on it. So if the Quran, if Allah didn't want to, if Allah really wanted to call it haram, He would have said it in the Quran. He didn't. Mm. Okay, but uh, what does the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say about it? Now, uh, usually some people uh, provide a few ahadiths that condemn musical instruments and so on. But these ahadiths are either very weak. In other words, they are not authentic. We're not sure the Prophet ﷺ said that. So they don't really make strong evidence. Uh, or the, the, the wordings are vague, where the Prophet ﷺ like condemned singers. But then what type of singers is he condemning? He's not condemning the Sahaba that was singing nasheed for him and beating drums. He was condemning uh, people who sing vulgar songs and mixed gatherings of men and women and wine. So... From a hadith point of view, also you you don't find any real evidence that any musical instrument is uh, haram. Mm. That's why Imam Ghazali and others considered uh, all musical instruments as halal. So they they brought the whole debate down to one point only: the content, yes. the content of the song. Uh, if the content and performance of the song is halal, the person is uh, dressed properly. Uh, it's not some naked, uh, you know, woman dancing with uh, all kinds of uh, vulgar poses like you see in the music videos of today. And that is obviously haram. You know, even if there was no song, it would be haram to look at somebody like that. Uh, uh, even if there was no song, it would be haram to listen to something like that. Yes. So those type of things are haram. But if it's a nice song, uh, you know, uh, a cultural song, a traditional song, a spiritual song, then, then there's nothing wrong with that type of music that just soothes you and comforts you and so on. And, and that, that, that's the opinion I follow anyways. And most of my teachers uh, followed. Mm. So, yeah. Sheikh, uh, you had actually answered two of my questions, one of which was uh, what reference does the Quran and Sunnah make to music and then also where do we draw the line uh, considering what type of music we listen to and or create. But lastly, Sheikh, uh, I would like to ask what message do you have for the youth who find themselves in an artistic space and are currently already drawn to making music? Um, my final advice uh, to our youth is that first and foremost focus on the Holy Quran. Uh, I'm not going to call it music, but it, it is our melody. So contemplate on that and try to understand it. After that, I mean, our songs, our poems in praise of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we've got a very great musical and spiritual tradition in Islam. Muslims were among the greatest musicians in the world in the ancient time. So that is uh, uh, something they should focus on. And thirdly, uh, I want to advise our youngsters who are into music that there's nothing wrong if you want to sing or you want to be in music, but uh, as long as you avoid what is haram, uh, avoid uh, songs that are vulgar and obscene, uh, avoid uh, uh, songs that, that promote, uh, you know, zina and, and sex and, and uh, you know, racism or violence. Uh, give a positive message, uh, you know, in your songs. And I, if I hear a Muslim youngster making a song and giving a positive message to the youth of South Africa, uh, telling them to stand up for their rights, give up the bad habits, you know, and if you make a nice rap song and you use whatever instruments you want to use, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's great. As long as you produce good music with a good message to the world, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. Sheikh Fakhruddin Uwaisi, Jazakallah Khair for sharing your knowledge with us this evening. We do appreciate it and may Allah continue to bless and guide you, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakallah Khair, Sheikh. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Shukran, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum, assalam.
And that, of course, was Sheikh Fakhruddin Uwaisi telling us his perspective on whether or not music is halal or haram. Let us know what it is that you think. Inshallah, we do hope that uh, the conversation was enlightening and it gave you something to think about, uh, different perspectives, inshallah ta'ala. As a point of departure, I'd like to touch on the punchline that Sheikh Uwaisi had delivered there to us, that our... Main focus, inshallah, mm-hmm. should be the Quran and Sunnah. Although the music is tempting, we need to be careful, especially us as the youth, need to be careful what it is that we're listening to, what kind of words we are pumping into our brain, what mm-hmm. kind of melodies, you know. Because I remember reading once about how certain melodies make you move in a certain way, quite literally. Mm-hmm. So we need to watch the way that we move, the way that we speak. And believe it or not, sooner or later, if you listen, to something frequently enough you get influenced by it whether you like it or not it's a subconscious thing you know so if you are pumping negativity or like the sheikh mentioned um, sexual things or racist messages into your mind you can be assured that those type of things will start creeping in you know so inshallah may Allah give us strength strength against our nafs and make it easy for us yes um, like both the sheikhs mentioned this evening I think it's a very fine line Mm. Um, between we you know what is good and what is bad and um, you know ultimately we have to take our own uh, cognizance and make the decision for ourselves like Sheikh um, Zaid Fatad mentioned we are all mukallaf and we are all going to stand in front of Allah one day and be questionable and answerable rather um, mm. for the decisions that we made so whether we are listening to the bad or the good you know we have to take heed and I think it is such a good example that um, Sheikh Zaid made you know whatever you are doing ask yourself if the Prophet was standing beside oh, me Lord. would I be doing it Mm, absolutely. But with that, let's sit out for an ad break and when we get back, it's more real talk, inshallah.